Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Homefront podcast, which is you're seeing on the On the Record podcast. Uh, again, welcome and, and thank you for joining us. Pal, hope you're doing well. Yeah, doing great, Tom. We're um, Tom and I both are in the midst of a um, couple of um, major reports for FT. We're looking at um, some of the backlog issues going on and um, where that's trending, and also some of the cost um, factors that uh, manufacturers are facing right now. And it's we've already been hearing about more price increases and. Looks like that's kind of a fact of life right now and um, something that everybody in the industry is going to have to adapt to. Everybody's talking about it and being pretty transparent with us, too, which we always value. So thank you to everybody that's taken time to talk with us about this. This week, we have a another special guest on our program, and this guest is Jeremy Hoff, who is the effective February 1st the new CEO of Hooker Furniture. Jeremy, welcome to the program and thank you for being with us. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. Thank you, pal. Yeah, you bet. It's great. Uh, congratulations, Jeremy. Tom and I have both worked with you for a number of years as product writers, and you've always been um, a great source of information and best of luck moving forward in this very significant position in the industry. And thank you. And, you know, just to, you know, I've always appreciated you all and what you do for our industry. And um, I, I've always tried and I'm glad you said that. I've always very, tried to be accommodating and be as open and honest as I'm allowed to be. <laughs> right. We appreciate that as well. Yeah. And uh, always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you. Now, J- Jeremy, we were just talking a couple of minutes ago and we're going to call you an industry veteran because you have uh, 25 years experience in the industry, starting at um, Lewis Shanks um, in 1996, and then um, going into some sales roles, um, Huntington House, I believe, um, Pulaski, and Universal. So you got some really good uh, sales experience at those, probably for for over 10 years. It looks like. Um, yep. yep, that's exactly right. ARK furniture um, and executive uh, sales roles and um, and president of Theodore Alexander. Um, and you were most recently president of the Hooker Legacy Brands, correct, before your promotion? That's exactly right. Well, again, welcome to the, the program. And um, we'd like to start out asking you, um, given um, your you know, your, your diverse uh, background in the, in the industry, how do you feel that this prior experience prepares you for this new major role uh, at, a, at a major resource in the industry? Hooker Furniture goes back to 1924, I believe. Hey, you're good. Yeah, good research. That's exactly right. 
Um, we're coming up on our hundred year anniversary in four years. And um, to answer your question, Tom, as far as what part of my my experience really helps me with the the role I'm about that I'm currently, and that I've been given a, a great opportunity. And um, you know, I've been fortunate to I'll call it accidentally have it an extremely diverse background of experience. You mentioned the diversity of it. Um, you know, first of all, you know. Mr. Forward, Amor Forward, Mike Forward, those guys giving me my first shot in the industry, you know, a kid graduating out of Indiana University and knew nothing. <laughs> and they they come down there and um, cut my teeth in a, in a retail environment um, as back when we used Sharpies for sales tags. And, you know, <laughs> you had to actually know that Hinkle Harris needed to be 25 or 30% off. And I would take the Sharpie and try to write it as well as I can and drop tag you know, 120,000 square foot store in Houston. So yeah. at the time, you're thinking to yourself all day, you know, what am I doing? <laughs> I've got, I have friends that went to PricewaterhouseCoopers and different firms out of the Indiana business school. And I'm down there marking tags with Sharpies, you know, in the furniture industry. So I've always been kind of curious how many people out of the 35,000 students at that school actually went in the furniture industry. And I'll never know that, but I, I bet you there's not many. So yeah. I'm fortunate to have had that, that experience and that path. And that really moved into sales rep role roles with, with a few different companies. I always found that the furniture industry was such a small industry and even if you were changing lines or doing some different things, many times it was with the same people that were here before and now they're here and they, you liked working together and you, you were successful together. So you ended up doing a different thing with the same people. Mm -hmm. So that happened to me numerous times in my career. And I, I was a sales rep for, I believe, eight or nine years, pretty significant amount of time. Um, really got to the point where I really had an interest in being a part of the company closer. And so thankfully I had an opportunity to go into a regional management role, sales management, then into more of a head of sales role. And then to your point earlier, um, you know, being able being given the opportunity to lead a, a company, Theodore Alexander, and then different roles throughout my time at Hooker started in Hooker upholstery, then Hooker case gets and Hooker upholstery, and then added the domestic upholstery. And, I've just been grateful ever since to be able to join Hooker. And and I I I joke with Paul Toms, you know, I don't know why you didn't call me earlier. And then I think to myself, he probably didn't need me or want me at that point. So, <laughs> so anyway, he doesn't say that, but that's what I said. <laughs> so um, that's I hope I answered your question, but it's it's a it's a path that I'm thankful for. It's not one that I would have ever guessed. So yeah, you were up, you were at Roy Hill for a while too. So I mean, Correct. recognizable brands in the industry, yeah. for yeah. sure. And that you know that in its own unique, very unique way, that was a great experience for me. And I could get into a lot of reasons why, but um, mm -hmm. a lot of great people in our industry came from a lot of those: the Thomasvilles, the Roy Hills, the Lanes. You know, mm -hmm. they a lot of people grew up in those type of companies um, and and are around today. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of interested um um and I think everybody would be Hooker Furniture is a really good example I think 
over the course of your career, um, how the furniture industry and these a lot of companies have evolved. I know back when I first started in FT in 95, it was a case goods company with a big specialty in the home office and home entertainment. Um, now it's it's you know it's it's moved to the um, international sourcing model for the legacy case goods um, in upholstery. You know now, and you all you have that piece of it. You also have the um, uh, considerable domestic upholstery operation with pretty targeted um, uh, markets in that. You also have um, Home Meridian, which is it was a you know one of the original sourcing giants and. You know, how, you know, how do you see the kind of the opportunities and challenges of fitting all that together um, in, in kind of herding all those cats, if you will? Yeah. So, um, so first of all, as far as challenges, it's really, we really, the industry has macro challenges right now that are more into logistics. And you, you referenced it with the containers and you're doing a story on you know, the, the price impacts on freight and on, on materials and, and all those things. So as far as the challenges, our challenges are macro like anyone else. I don't feel like we have significant challenges that are, are um, only us, <laughs> if that makes sense. So moving on to opportunities and how do you, how do you actually put all of that into a um, doable bite, if you will, and, and the way I would explain it is we have 12 businesses, um, 12 businesses that make up the, the entire company. And those 12 businesses, two of them are uh, contract targeted. Uh, we have an H contract, which is more nursing home, um, you know, that, that type of uh, target for that business. Then you have SLH, which is really hospitality, you know, where we can build rooms, for example, Hard Rock Hotel in Miami. You know, we could build entire rooms and a lot of people don't even know about the business that we do, but it's a, it's a, it's been a substantial business. Of course, in a pandemic, it's not the most fun thing to do, but, um, you know, back and when people are in hotels again and that industry grows, it'll, it'll, we plan on that being another high growth area. But if you take it, the 12 businesses and say the front of each of those businesses have to have a reason for being that I've observed in my career with larger companies is when they try to make the fronts of businesses actually look the same, feel the same, and, and, and really try to distinguish it by brand, it doesn't matter. You know, what matters is what the product is, what the price point is, what everything on the front customer facing matters as far as distinctive, distinct 12 businesses. So if we have, if you define it that way with one you mentioned, pal, that the operations and the sourcing capabilities of our HMI group are, in my opinion, are second to none. I mean, you could talk about, of course, other companies, one particular much larger than us that, you know, they're not on track. They're very good. And then, so I'm not trying. I'm just telling you the good at what we do yeah. and the sourcing side and, and all that. That operation has come in is coming in together to be one. We're going to make we're going to make that more official coming up here, but that's, that's really one. And that gives us, that's 200 people overseas that support our organization and those 12 businesses, because 
the 12 businesses, even though they need to stay distinct on the front and have a reason for being and be a value and be attacking whatever channel they're attacking and growing their market share, the back of those businesses supported by that large operational team gives them huge advantages in everything they do and everything they try to do. Yeah, good points. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, Hooker Furniture and its subsidiaries um, have a, a really strong branding story. I mean, you know, you've got um, you know, the upholstery companies, you have Hooker Furniture first off, Sam Moore, Braddington Young, all part of the mix. But but even on the uh, Home Meridian side, you know, you've got, you know, Samuel Lawrence Furniture, Pulaski, you know, pretty well recognized brands, um, both in the U.S. And, and even overseas, I might add. I mean, how important, um, I mean, what do you see as your kind of competitive advantage in the marketplace, Jeremy, and particularly as it relates to these these brands is there is there anything you could say about the importance of that in in a in an environment where there are not all but some retailers that kind of consider themselves the brand um and rightly so yep and um we so first of all our feeling on brands is that the retailer is the brand um we would we support that notion and know that to be true we do feel like that our brand, the more we build it, the more the consumer is aware, it gives us at least a tiebreaker and it, it gives, it helps the retailer with their brand. We think our brand, if it's built correctly with the retailer's brand is the strongest case you can make. So that's the way I would put it. You know, Hooker, Hooker, for example, if you go on Google and someone searches for Hooker, that's there's 2.3 million results when you search Hooker. So it's a, that's a big number. And uh, it's probably, I would argue, it's probably the largest number in a non-vertical retail company. So um, if, if you do others, you will find out what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Pulaski has a million. So you can kind of see that's still significant. Samuel Lawrence, you know, also significant. So those are really the three, when I think of our 12 businesses. Mm-hmm we would be focused on as far as building our brand from us from a consumer awareness we're not we're we are not going to tell you that we're going to do all this uh, advertising in ad or you know other things to say that we can spend enough money to actually become a consumer brand it's not what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. we just be as strong as we can be to our retail partners to give an advantage that they may not otherwise have well that was something wasn't it This is Tricia again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. You mentioned some of the, um, I guess, confluence or integration you're going to have on the operational side. Um, Is there any, um, look at, look at it, um, products. Um, Tom had a good question, I think, about how you see the um, merchandising opportunities among categories like upholstery and case goods. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I I know within Hooker, the Hooker brand, you do have upholstery and case goods. Is there any 
Is there anything else you're um, doing? Maybe is a is kind of presented all as a package, or are these brands just distinct enough to just go on their own? Well, they do need to be distinct enough to go on their own within businesses. So Hooker Case Goods, at the price points we're at, needs to make sure we always stay ahead on what's happening trend-wise. The finishes need to be distinct. They need to be differentiating. They need to be very difficult to do. You know, things that you need to be for that price point that makes sense. Pulaski thing, but different because they're different price point. They're they're price point below a couple price points below Hooker, so they they don't have to be what I just described, but they have to be ahead of the ones that are below them. And you know, you have to make it make sense. Again, the brands should can't separate the 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 reason for being and the price point, the actual product and the actual value of that product and that equation all matters. And that's what makes the brand, the brand. So we can talk about all the other stuff all day. I'm a product person. And if you don't have product, I don't care how good you are in all the other areas. It really doesn't matter. I guess it's kind of more of a, with, with this diversity of brands, it's kind of a one-stop shop. Yeah. 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 Our 12 businesses in the price points they're in, product, the channels they're in, 75% of the potential overall home furnishings marketplace of $100 billion. It's a chunk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's not all of it, but it's, you know, if you really analyze all of the 12 businesses and look at where they are price point wise and where we exist and what the products are, that's, that's our, that's our opportunity to gain market share in that big of a space, which is really the, the opportunity. Yeah. Interesting point. And it's funny, you were talking a little bit earlier, uh, Jeremy, about, um, hospitality, uh, the hospitality business. And um, I, I believe that Hooker Furniture is also in, in the, on the contract side, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, yes. healthcare and... Yes, healthcare, nursing homes uh, business is an H contract business on the Hooker legacy side. Mm-hmm. And basically... Um, you know, again, that business with the way with COVID, with COVID-19, the pandemic, that very disrupted currently, which would be expected. But we we believe in the business and we know it will be back. Um, in fact, we think it'll be back as as much as as it always has, if not more. Just we just have to get through the cycle and the and the the, the macro event that we're in. Um, they, you know, they do things obviously different. They create chairs that are contract grade. They, they understand they go after entire different, entirely different consumer than what, you know, what we're after with the rest of branded or really the rest of the company. So that's kind of makes the point on those 12 businesses. There are very distinct things they're trying to do and trying to accomplish and channels they are attacking and price points. And I'm, my big focus leading is keeping those 12 businesses distinct and in where they're in and and really come up with strategies to grow organically within the spaces they're in and keep them separate and not have the face start to look the same on any of the businesses. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about this diversity um, in the strategy appears that, you know, when right now the residential sector is going real strong, as we all know, um, and hopefully continue that way for, however long into the future, we don't know. But 
at some point, hospitality is going to bounce back. And it seems like these things are sort of on opposite ends of the pole. When one is strong, the other might be a little less in strength um, or vice versa. So it seems like a nice uh, mix. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because in if I was putting my speaking with investors cap on, a lot of what we talk about is our diversity that you just spoke of is the fact that we like our portfolio because when one thing's down and others up and we like we're on different footprints and it's not all one, the same thing. So it's a point you just made. I would um, just a comment here. I would say in a company like Hooker with this, you know, with these 12 brands, um, it's kind of nice to have furniture people running the show. Um, Erwin, Tom and I went to Vietnam for the first time in 2004. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, but we were we were in a plant that did a lot of business with the um, old FBI companies. Yeah, and we we saw a production line that had coming down you know coming down the line. We saw a product from Roy Hill, from Drexel, yeah. I think even from Hinradon, all coming down on the same line. Yeah, and they were trying they were, they were bringing that business school approach, I guess, to it, and you know, I hate, hate, sorry, I hate to say it, but they kind of dumbed down some of the, you know, some of their premium brands a little bit. Um, anyway, that, that's no, it's a, it's a, it's a point that a lot of people usually not publicly make about, you know, what went wrong. And, you know, I obviously for, uh, extremely biased reasons, I'm thankful that, uh, I was given the opportunity as a furniture guy to run, run the company. And, but I, I value, just like you just described, I value it because I like to tell people our industry is different. You know, it's not commodity. It's it's not, you know, it's all, it's a lot about design. It's about product. And there are things in our industry that someone outside the industry, unless they've been in this a long time, it won't make sense. <laughs> there are things that just don't make sense. And there are things you make decisions on. If you were in a different industry, you would make a different decision because the furniture business is different. It's small, meaning that, that there's a group of people that we all kind of know each other. We we value those relationships, which I think I think that part stands out to me is why I love this industry so much is that I love the relationships that I've been able to to build over 25 years in the industry. And, and I don't take those for granted. I think that's what makes our industry really special. But those people that I'm talking about, they they there needs to be a mutual trust and when you have someone that hasn't been down the road that they've been down and and know what they know it's tough it just is and you know it starts with the product and, and the relationship and all those things work together and it's very difficult if you don't have that type of tie to our industry for sure and you know speaking of relationships and uh, being a people oriented business we know that there's there's a lot of people at each of these companies that are also veterans in the industry. They've been at some of these companies for many years. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the importance of the teams, the team approach, you know, for Hooker City or these brands and how you see that sort of playing out um, as we go forward? 
Yeah, we, we spoke a little bit about my diverse experience, but it's really when you take the 12 brands and you look at the leadership in those brands, the diversity of those skill sets within those brands is amazing. I mean, just talk about the hospitality. It's an area I don't have much experience in at all. These guys, that's all they've done. That's what they know. And that's who they know. And those are those relationships. So each business has that, you know, look at... um. I'll use an example, Craig Young, Brian Young, part of the Young family, right? So how different do you think his experience and what he knows is from the guy I just mentioned that's at, that's at SLH trying to do hospitality? But those guys know what they're doing, and, they, and that's the beauty of the team is those, the, you don't have, there's not a need for a micromanagement or an overall you know, feeling that why aren't you doing this? Those guys know what they're doing and they run their businesses, which is why they're in charge of BY. They're in charge of the, we have each person in charge of their business and we expect them to run it and they do a wonderful job. And it, and really it would be, I would be remiss for not mentioning, you know, we have marketing, supply chain, logistics, customer care, warehousing. Have you ever tried loading a truck with a mask on? We talked about that, but nothing starts without that, right? I mean, we we have nothing without those guys, and and they're unbelievable. It's a tough job before the mask, right? So, like that, HR, manufacturing during a pandemic, you know, crazy. You know, trying to keep them safe. Try they're trying to make a living. They don't want to be out with a with a with with the you know with the disease. Because they need to make, you know, they need to make money and we've done things to help with that. But you can lose entire departments because they've been around each other and all of a sudden you don't have any sewers. So to get through what I just talked about with all the things going on and then you had 200 people overseas, it's a lot. I mean, there are people that are just, they've done amazing through this thing. I mean, I've never seen a group of people work harder in my career than what people have done in the pandemic. And I know that people, Others in the industry, other other headers, other furniture companies. I know because I talked to several of them. They're doing the same thing. I mean, it's it's a really kind of somewhat heroic effort by the industry to move forward when it's so easy to not do so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think consumers have any idea of um, how much goes into you know from the loading of the trucks to the sourcing component to the setting up of the showroom. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. dynamic. Right. Absolutely. And then trying to shift your marketing as everyone has talked about a focus of everyone's coming to this to how do we show them without them being here, you know, and we all had digital assets, but no one had it to the level that we all, that we seem to all have now. So that. In that way, that's, I guess you could call it COVID blessing is that we've become better in a lot of ways we had to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one, one of the things, um, and I got to credit Tom with this, but we're trying to get a little bit more um, personal with some of these. And, um, I, um, you know, we were, Tom, you and I were, um, you'd mentioned, you know, talking about what are some things that, um, that people might not know about um, Jeremy Hoff and, you know, what he likes to do. And um, I got a question, um, you know, kind of related to that. Um, um, you know, we have a lot of furniture families, but, you know, you and um, 
and Robin are kind of a furniture couple. <laughs> and, you know, she's an area design, she's a hooker. And I'm wondering, you know, do, does the work come home with you? What kind of conversations do y'all have? <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Well, first of all, as far as what people don't know, I'm a proud Hoosier. I went to Indiana University and, and, and I grew up in Indiana and that's maybe one thing people may not know about me. The best thing I ever did in my life was marry Robin and, uh, 24 years later, here we are. And, um, she is in the industry and, um, to answer your question, it, it creeps in, um, you know, but we, you know, I think we try not to do that and we have an agreement and now, now it's an agreement that, it doesn't matter if we had an agreement, she can't do it anyway because of the position I'm in, but we <laughs> decided a long time ago, we'll never work together uh, for the marriage. So, so, you know, we've raised uh, two wonderful boys. Uh, we've had our challenges like anyone with teenagers, but they're 18 and 20. I'm very proud of them. And, um, you know, my life is work and family and, and I play some tennis to try to, you know, stay healthy and, um, I'm pretty simple in that way. And I, 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 I like that. And I love being around my family and that's, that's really, I'll call my, my major hobby. <laughs> Excellent. You're, well, you're also involved on the community level too. The, uh, is it the, the boys and girls club of high point? Uh, no, it's actually, the, it's actually the boys and girls club of Henry County. I'm on the board and I'm okay. actually several of their committees. I'm the vice chair, uh, for, um, you know, they, we need to, especially now we're trying to raise more money and we're trying to do some, some things that you're not able to do. Usually we have a dinner. Usually we have, um, duck race, we call it, which we were still able to do, but we're, so we're trying to create ways that keep, I mean, I, I don't know of another organization that's so, um, directly impacted by a dollar someone gives, you know, when you talk about kids that need a place to go and, and, have another place to go. How do you get, especially you add the pandemic to this, it's, it's crucial. So I'm proud of the fact that we've kept them, the budget's good there. I mean, everything's strong and we've, we've been able to raise the money needed and all that good stuff. So, because I don't, you know, I, my heart is in that place. So um, do that. And we're involved, involved in the United way. Uh, we have a Piedmont arts here that, I'm planning on soon getting involved. Um, they also have in our community in, in Henry County Harvest Foundation, which is really all about um, deciding how are they going to improve the community? What things can we do to make it better? So there's there's all types of opportunities. And then you shift to the industry. I mean, we, we you know, City of Hope is one of the better organizations I know about for as far as, you know, helping people try to try to cure cancer. I mean, that's a, you know, I mean, there's not an organization I know of that, that really is on the front of that as much as they are. And I love the fact that it's our, it's one of our industry, you know, things that we do. Um, there's a huge hall of fame project going on. Um, that, you know, there's just a lot ADL. There's a lot of things going on that I think are great. And I think they really, define themselves even more in times like this because you got to raise money somehow without the big events. So well we know that 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 area of Southside Virginia, Henry County, Martinsville area has been hit very hard economically. Yeah. Yep. Hats off to you for being involved on many different levels up there and also uh other aspects of the industry too. Um also newly uh, named to the uh 
High Point Market Authority board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm excited about that. I, I think that um, you know they they want to they want to make sure they have enough industry voice and and opinion that you know they've got. I think uh, Adam Hudson. They have a new retailer uh, involved. Me. Uh, they've got so they've done a good job of getting some diversity of of viewpoints um, on that on that board, which I I respect and uh, think it's great. So you know it's a tough job, not mine, but specifically like Dudley's as president, Tom Conley. It's not an easy job because a lot of times you're making decisions that people really don't know all of the factors that you made the decision based on. So it's a it's a tough it's a it's a tough one, but. Um, and I'm, 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 uh, grateful that they do what they do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, again, um, you've all been listening to the home front podcast on, on the record. And our guest this week is Jeremy Hoff, the newly named, uh, CEO effective February 1st of hooker furniture. Again, congratulations to you, Jeremy. We wish Thank you the best in this new position, and we really appreciate you being on our program this week. Thank you all. I appreciate it, and I said, I'll say it again. I appreciate what you all do, and, um, you know, this year, just get through some of these logistics challenges, and our industry should be in a good position to do very well. So, Yes, we're all rooting for you. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Okay. Thank you. All right.